morning all wait just another minute till the kids get going no I'm not speaking thankfully I haven't developed that much nerve yet but uh, I have got up enough nerve to read some scripture here um, scripture reading today is from Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 and it says finally brethren whatever is true Whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. These scriptures are as relevant today as, they, as the day they were written. Amen. Thank you, David. Awesome. Good morning. Everybody doing okay? Happy New Year, by the way, to you. Um, hey, we're starting a new series called Dwell. We're going to be here the entire month, and essentially what we're going to talk about is we're going to break down Philippians 4.8. There are eight things that Paul tells us to dwell in here. And I'm very excited about this series because what we think about is infinitely important, is it not? I mean, everything kind of starts in the mind. In fact, we had a, a message back in September where we talked about that the mind is the energy that forms all of our brain structures and functions. That when you dwell in a negative thought, it rewires the brain. And the same is true when you think about what is good, it rewires the brain. There are neuropathways that start to be created by our thoughts. And in our old life, there were so many negative thoughts and so many pathways that were made, and it's so easy to go back to those thoughts. And that's why Philippians 4.8 is so very, very important. Neuroscientists say we have about 70,000 thoughts a day. Can you believe that, by the way? 70,000 thoughts a day. And there's no such thing as a consequence-free thought. So when we have a thought, that something happens with that thought. It goes somewhere. Those thoughts bank into our brains and start to rewire some different things in us. So the question really is, of those 70,000 thoughts, how many of those would you say are leading you down a good path to things like experiencing the peace of God, the joy of God? And how many of those thoughts would you say are creating a path towards things like anxiety, Things like fear, things like pride, all these things, right? That, that's really important for us to dwell in. And Paul, he understood that it all started with the mind. That's why he said things like in uh, 2 Corinthians 10, he says, uh, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Or in Romans 12, he says, renew your mind. Or in Romans 8, he says, a mind focused on the spirit produces life and peace. See, Paul understood the link, the connection between our thinking and to every other aspect of our lives thereafter. Paul says this in Romans 8, 6. He says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So when Paul says flesh here, he's not just talking about sin, although he is talking about sin. He's also talking about the temporal things, the, the things that are not good and true beyond the temporal. And I think a hard and important realization we have to come to from the start is that there's no such thing as a neutral thought. 
Your thoughts are either leading you into destruction or they're leading you into experiencing life and peace in the Spirit. And that's why Philippians 4.8 is one of the most important passages of our time. Let's read it again here. Uh, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Paul is saying here, you, you have to spend time dwelling on what is good. Walking in freedom and peace and life requires for us to dwell in what is good. Now that term dwell, it's translated two different ways. They're both closely related. One is essentially to mean think carefully and logically about. In fact, this is where our word logic comes from in the Greek. He's saying that we ought to think carefully and logically about what is good. Now, another translation here is to ruminate. And I love that word, ruminate. It means to deeply think about or to chew on. Have you ever heard somebody say, let me chew on that for a little bit? They're saying, let me, let me calculate, let me marinate in that. Let me have depth of understanding to it before I give you my response. And in fact, it comes, it's kind of gross, but this is helpful. It comes from cows. Steve, you, you should be giving this message, man. Steve knows cows. But what will happen is they'll, they'll chew on grass, and they'll chew on it, 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 before finally swallowing it, but then they're still not done, and this is where it gets gross. <laughs> they'll bring that food back up and chew on it and chew on it some more, just in case they didn't get all the nutrients out of it. And that's the point here. We don't just gloss over what is good. We chew on it. We marinate on it. And maybe we've had a good, like, quiet time in the morning, and God really spoke to us. But through the day, we go back. We bring it back up. We continue to refer back to it. We meditate. We have depth of understanding to it. We sit there, and we marinate in what is good. And sometimes, man, we think about what is good in the same ways that I eat my food, which sometimes I inhale my food. And on New Year's Day... Um, my sister, she made a peanut butter pie that was just absolutely delicious. But, but I ate it in about like 20 seconds. And then I went back to watching football. I said, Tab, that was good. All right, what's the score of the game? And then it was over at that point. So I didn't really have a depth of understanding of that goodness. But in contrast, my family and I, we've been watching uh, these baking shows. And... Um, you got to find something that you can kind of meet in the middle on with your kids because you don't want to keep watching Frozen over and over again. So we kind of decided on, like, I got some nods over there. Like, yes, amen. Uh, so we kind of meet in the middle, right? We've been watching these baking shows. And um, I've noticed that, you know, there's judges on there, and uh, they'll, they'll try everybody's food and stuff like that, and they'll decide who has to go home until finally they have a winner. And I've noticed that when they present their baking to the judges, the judges will take a bite, and then there's often this great silence for a little bit. In fact, sometimes it's so silent that the bakers will be like, what's, go what's going on here? You know, what's, what's happening? And they'll, they'll be the first ones to talk. Unless it's really bad. <laughs> then, then the judges will either spit it out right away, or they'll just say, hey, this isn't very good. This is bad. But if it is good, what they'll do is they'll just sit there and ponder it and they'll say 
finally when they talk, they'll say something like, you know, I see what you did there. You, you added a, maybe a tablespoon more cinnamon than the recipe required, and that made it really great. Or you added an egg here. Or what you did in the frosting, I'm making some of y'all hungry right now, but I can tell. But you made this like sweet and salty mix and stuff like that. And they just kind of sit there and they dwell in it. They chew on it. They, they bring depth of understanding to it. And that's the point here on what is good. We ought to sit there and chew on it. We don't just say, yeah, yeah, that, that was really good. And then move on to the next thing. You ever do that? You ever say, man, God is good. Okay, now what are the things that I need to tackle today? And then you all of a sudden just start to experience weight and lack of peace that we weren't designed for. The point is, we want to experience depth in what is good, not just move on to the next things. Man, I, I believe that Christians ought to be some of the best thinkers in the world. And we ought to just ponder and ponder and ponder what is good, provide depth to it. Paul is saying in verses 8 and 9 here, he says, we have to spend that time ruminating and practicing what we know and having depth of understanding. He goes on to say in verse 9, he says, put these things into practice and the God of peace will be with you. He's saying, you might have chewed on this once before, but go back, bring it back up again, ruminate on it, dwell on it. And what that's going to do is when you dwell on it, it's going to create those neural pathways to experiencing the life that God has for us as we do it. And it may seem kind of strange at first, doesn't it, to practice what we already know. That kind of doesn't make sense a lot of times. We're like, we already know it, let's go to the things that we don't know. So things like, man, I know I'm blessed to have food on the table to start my day. That is, that is a blessing, man. So why should I then practice knowing that I, uh, that I have food on the table? That's the point here, right? Paul is saying... You should practice what you know. You should start your day. You should meditate throughout the day on what you already know. Man, I know. I, I just I practice knowing the fact that I am so blessed. I'm so blessed to have food on the table. I practice knowing that God is in control. Because that's going to be so important for the peace and for those neural pathways so we can live the life that God wants for us. See? It, it's, again, it's a gross analogy about the cow and bringing stuff back up, but the reality is we bring stuff back up all the time. That's just the way that it works. So if we're not consciously practicing bringing up good things in our life, we're very naturally going to continue to bring up the negative things that we practiced in our old life over and over. It just comes up. It just does. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, dwell on these things. Focus on these things because you have a new life now and you need to practice these things that are good. Man, in my life, I have spent so much time chewing on things like insecurity. Like, Dallas, you're never going to be a good enough blank. And Paul is saying, you got to spit that thought out right now. And instead, trade that for what is good. Dwell in what is good. Maybe for you here this morning. There's been things from your old life that just keeps popping up. And you just keep going to it over and over. You just sit there, man, and you just marinate in those things. It may be insecurity, it may be anxiety, it may be fear. And you just kind of sit there over and over and over again. And Paul's saying here, just like those judges, man, spit it out if it's not good. But if it is good, sit there, chew on it, 
Chomp on it, man. Marinate in it. Ruminate in it over and over. Like Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, he says, We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So if an insecure thought comes up, I immediately say, you're gone. You're out of here. I'm taking control of. That's what that word captive means, to take control of. So you think about people lining up, man, and you say, all right, this is a, a, a bad thought. This is not of God. you got to go on somewhere. I, I'm not going to chew on. I'm not going to have depth here to that thought. But the things like you are fearfully and wonderfully made, I'm going to not only acknowledge that one time, but I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm going to say, what does that mean to be fearfully made? What does that mean to be wonderfully made? I'm just going to chew on it, man. I'm just going to sit there. I'm just going to meditate on it. I'm just going to stay there. Paul is saying that something is going on here when we dwell in what is good. Something happens in our transformation as a whole when our minds are set on good things. It takes away the old patterns of thinking and moves us into embracing more deeply the new patterns of thinking, which ultimately leads us into peace. Because that's what he says in verse 9. He says, the peace of God will be with you, or the God of peace will be with you. And see, the enemy doesn't need to tempt you to go out and do something outrageous. All he needs to do is place a thought in your mind, and you start to chew on it. He doesn't say, Dallas, you know what you should do? You should go have an affair and wreck your family right now. That's too, too obvious, too out there, it's too easy for me to reject. But what he does is say, you know what, Dallas? Maybe there's something else out there for you outside of God's design. Maybe just sit and think about that for a little bit. And by the way, that person that you saw that was attractive, it's okay for you to just sit and think about that a little bit longer. That's all right. Just chew on that for a second. And before you know it, he's weaved his way in there, and you've started to create these pathways where now the path is a lot easier to go down that road. That's why everything starts in the mind. Our attention has to go to the knowledge of God. Everything starts there. And before we know it, because we haven't put much emphasis on our thoughts, before we know it, now we're experiencing this heaviness, this fear, this anxiety, because it starts in the mind. Instead, man, I focus on the Lord is my shepherd. I don't lack anything. Man, God has given me a, a blessed life and a, and a wonderful family far more than I ever deserved. And I'm going to sit right there, not the other stuff. That's the point here. That's the point. We must be careful about what we chew on because remember in Genesis 3, the enemy's playbook is just, just throw some doubt on God's design for your life. He says to Eve, did God really say? Did God really say that? Like maybe in other areas you can trust him, but in this specific area, maybe God is holding out on you. Maybe you've got to take things into your own hands. Maybe this time now that you're dwelling in insecurity, maybe you're right. Maybe you should just chew on that. Maybe you should just dwell there for a little while. And before you know it, you're experiencing all this fear and all this heaviness because we go outside of God's design for us. When, when did God really say dominates our lives, we will not experience His peace. 
He wants us to believe, the enemy wants us to believe that our thoughts just don't matter. And so when our thoughts don't matter to us, what we end up doing is we put a lot of stock in our own willpower. As we say, okay, all this water's piling up on me, but I'm going to have this dam up that is my willpower, and I'm just going just gonna to push on it and hope that things just don't go really south and turn into my actions. And one of two things happens. One, either the water becomes too heavy and just ends up breaking that dam, or even if it doesn't, we're robbed of experiencing the fullness of life that he wants for us because we're just pushing and pushing and, and fighting, man. And all these things just manifest in our minds over and over again as we're just saying, I, I just hope it doesn't go too far. And that's why in Matthew 5, among other places, Jesus says, you've heard it said, do not murder, but I tell you, if you have anger in your heart, you've already sinned. Why? What he's saying is, man, what a, what a terrible and painful way to live. If, if the bar is, you can sit there and stew in your anger and stew in your frustration and all these things, but just don't, just don't go there. He's saying, I'm inviting you to not just hold that water back with the dam. I'm inviting you to, to cut it off at the source, man. To stop that water flowing, to let that water dry out as you change everything at the forefront of your mind. He wants us to cut it off at the source so that we can live into the freedom that he has for us. Not just fighting things back, but living in actual freedom. Now, in order to see those 70,000 thoughts or whatever per day that uh, neuroscientists say we have, in order to see those kind of be framed after what is good, we want to take this whole month and we're going to take those eight things, we're just going to provide depth of understanding to them. We're going to cross-reference through the scriptures and things and get to know them a little bit better so that we can begin to ruminate and to chew on some of these things. Let me read Philippians 4, 8 once again. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Guys, I believe that the biggest battlefield we have right now is in our minds. It starts in the minds. Our attention has to go to the knowledge of God, to the things that are good, because everything starts there. So instead of, you know, those anxious thoughts and things, we say, I spit those things out. It's no good for me anymore. Instead, I'm going to dwell in one of these eight things. I'm going to sit there in those eight things, those Philippians 4, 8 things. I say no more. No more to those anxious thoughts. No more to those insecure thoughts. No more to those prideful thoughts or those sinful lusts and things. I'm just, I'm just going to spit them out and dwell in what is good. And just as maybe a helpful tip, there's this app called Lectio 365 that I really like. It's like a 10-minute thing that you could start your day with. kind of helps you just kind of rewire some things to start your day. But then, that word dwell. Remember that word dwell. Go back there. Go back. Bring it back up throughout your day. Bring it back up. Those things that are good, just continue to bring them back up and watch as we experience His peace a little bit more fully. Now, worship team, you guys can come back forward. I want to say one more thing about this. Earlier in the chapter, Paul says that we must pray because none of these things are really possible without God's Spirit working and dwelling in us first. 
And so maybe you're here this morning, and man, maybe things have just been hard and heavy, and you continue to dwell in these thoughts and things. Let me, let me encourage you to start by praying about it. Start by praying right here in this place this morning. I'd love to pray with you. You can come to the altar and pray, whatever. But let me encourage you to say, God, I, I can't do this on my own. I mean, there are things, there are practices that I can put forward. But I, but I know that it really starts with you being active in my life. And so I call on you to do that. And guys, I do believe that, that God is calling us to a life of freedom right now as we start with our thoughts. Let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful that you do invite us into this freedom. And I know that there's heaviness in this room. I know that there's just been thoughts that have dominated for so long. Thoughts of insecurity, thoughts of anxieties, thoughts of just heaviness, thoughts of just, you know, I'll never measure up or whatever the case is. And I pray right now that that those schemes have gone, gone under the radar for so long that I pray right now that you'll just call those things out and say enough. Because you desire a life where we can dwell on the things that are good. That for so long we've chewed on these negative things, but now we can actually dwell in what is good. And Father, I pray that you'll start that process in us right now during this time of worship. God, I know that there are chains in here. I know that there are. And yet, I pray that you'll saturate this environment right now to see... Yeah, I don't have to dwell there anymore. I just don't. I don't have to dwell there anymore. I can dwell in what is good, and, and God will provide peace in my life as I do that. Father, that's my prayer for our church and our community. We love you very, very much. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's worship. Let's worship.